0: From Knoxville, the Smokin' Hot Podcast is on the air.
1: With your host, Hot Toddy, the world's least famous podcaster, starring Miranda, Ollie, Miss Pingrino, DJ Pork, Sheila, D.A. Williams, and Orson Wells. And featuring me, your announcer, Doc Summit. And now, here's your host, Hot Toddy.
2: Hello,
0: and welcome to an all-new episode of the Smoking Hot podcast I'm Hot Toddy. You're probably asking yourself, Hot Toddy, what the hell happened to the show? Well, I'll tell you exactly what happened. This week's episode is extremely, extremely special. This week, I had the opportunity and the honor of interviewing one of my childhood idols, a gentleman by the name of Joey Diaria. This man has done it all. He's been a stand up comedian. He's a stage actor. He's been in films, television. He's done voice acting. But the thing that my generation would remember him best by, as well as probably Generation X and maybe even some of Gen Z, they remember him. As Bozo the Clown on WGN Chicago's Bozo Show, the only nationally televised version of the Bozo Show, to be exact. Uh, if you don't know the hit, the full history of the Bozo Show, Bozo uh, was a licensed character that a gentleman by the name of Larry Harmon licensed out to uh, TV affiliates all around the country uh, during the 60s and 70s, and it actually expanded across the world as well in the different countries. So many different affiliates around the country had their own Bozo. Uh, one of those affiliates was WGN in Chicago. But as we all know, WGN is a national station. It went national in the late 70s, early 80s. And at that point, their version of the Bozo show went national as well. And it became a huge, huge phenomenon. And Joey Diaria became the second person to play Chicago's bozo. And like I said, he's the bozo that I grew up with. And so it's just a huge, huge honor to get to speak with him. And that's exactly what I did. So this week, I sit down with the very, very talented, multi-talented, and very funny Joey Diaria. Uh, Like all of the interviews that we do on the Smokin' Hot podcast, of course, it will be broken up into segments. So once you hear the interview end and we move on to something else, we're not done we're coming back there's plenty more interview the interview isn't finished until I say the interview is finished so make sure you keep on listening because we have some fun sketches in between the interview as well and all the sketches this week are based on sketches that were performed on. On the Bozo Show, we're going full Bozo Show this week. Everything, well, almost everything. There's like one thing that's not Bozo Show related, but everything else is Bozo related. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's and I hope you enjoy. But anyway, let, let's get into it. Let's not waste any more time. It's time to meet one of my childhood idols, the man, the myth, the legend, Joey Diaria, on an all new episode of the Smoking Hot podcast
1: You're listening to the most splendiferous, the most fantastic, the greatest podcast in the History of Podcasts, the Smokin' Hot Podcast.
3: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul.
0: Well, if you're like me, you, you cherish what you grew up with and who you grew up with. And I think... In the 90s, 80s and 90s, we had some of the greatest television in history. I think we had some of the greatest kid shows ever. And uh, when I was growing up, uh, there was a show on WG in Chicago. It was all over the nation, but there was one that went national. And this is the one that went national. And even I got to see it here in Knoxville, Tennessee. It was the Bozo Show, WGN Chicago. And I grew up with the gentleman you see right here. This amazing man was Bozo from 1984 until the end of the show in 2001. It is a ve- it is a great honor, a huge honor to introduce to you the comedian, the one and only Joey Diaria. Joey, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for inviting me on, Todd absolutely well I mean my god I mean where do we even begin uh, you have been in the how long have you been in the business now
2: oh,
3: well I would say over 50 years 50 years wow how did you get into it where did it all start oh you know typical things you know drama club in high school that sort of thing right I then went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City and uh, from there I got booked into, uh, well, after graduating, I was hired and, and and was part of a traveling children's theater company. And then I went to Miamisburg, Ohio, where I did dinner theater for two years. Wow. And uh, from there, uh, I went out to the West Coast and uh, did stand-up comedy, because back then that was the only way you could get a casting director to look at you, was to be... <laughs> Saying that you're doing stand up, right? And um, one day I was taking an improv class. Somebody came in and said, um, "Chuck Barris is so desperate for acts for the Gong Show, he's paying after a minimum, which back then was 150 bucks." Oh wow! And and that was my and that was my rent at the right? time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I I just came up with one stupid act after another and got booed off the stage and then went home and collected a paycheck in a couple of weeks (laughs) but then one day i actually won (laughs) i won on the gong show with an act called dr flamo yes and oh you're familiar with the act familiar with dr flamo yeah ah well that won and it 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 surprised me it really did
0: where did dr Uh, flamo come from Where, where did that even come from
3: um you know i was just desperately just kind of trying to come up with one stupid act after another uh i had them play the william tell overture and i i took a fireman's axe and and beat a uh, rocking chair to splinters i just you know anything stupid that popped into my head right and i was thinking of like the swiss bell ringers Mm -hmm. who have the different size bells and i figured well it was the uh it was the late early 70s and everyone had candles Right, so that was I, a big thing. That was a big thing, and I just uh, I just lined up a, a whole line of them from small to tallest, and held my hand over each flame and screamed at a different pitch depending on size candle. Right, and it won. Mm-hmm. I was shocked, but the good news was not only did I collect my hundred and fifty dollars, yeah, I won the first prize, which was a thousand dollars. That's incredible unless you wanted the trophy <laughs> if you wanted the trophy right then they only gave you 850 dollars wow that's kind of a jip yeah but at the same time i was thinking well i wasn't expecting to get more than a 150 dollars and uh so as a result i own this hang on there Whoa, you see
0: that yeah there it is yeah that's incredible, and you still
3: have it to this day. I, I still have it. I love it. And uh, and that was uh, that was a that was an exciting thing
0: to have. Absolutely, and it was from there that got you onto the Tonight Show, did it not?
3: Uh, eventually, eventually, yeah. I did the Jim Neighbors' show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a he had a talk show for a while. He did. I remember. And that. Uh, I was I was working for Milt Larson a man who founded the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Well, he said that Jim Mulley, who was Johnny Carson's casting director, was going to be at the Variety Arts Center that night to look at a couple of magicians that Milton wanted him to see. And Johnny Carson was a big Magic fan. so He said, one of the guys does a really messy act. I was wondering if you could just come in front of the curtain, do Dr. Flamo, it would take take all the time we need to just clean up the stage for the next magician. And I said, sure. So I did it. And Jim McCulley had a reputation for never laughing at comedians. Oh, geez. He he, he would watch them stone-faced because he was trying to analyze what made them funny. Yeah. But I was very lucky because he had two guests with him that night, Tim Conway and Harvey Korman. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God! And um, I did the act, and Tim Conway literally fell under the table. He just really? slid right off his chair. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> now, how, did, how oh. did that feel? How did that feel to make someone like Tim Conway? That that really felt great, and yeah. I have to say that both he and Harvey Korman were a terrific audience. hmm. For sure, um, incredible. And you went on to well, make it was, it was wild. Go ahead. Well, oh, I'm just saying, it was, it was wild, because as I was packing up my stuff to leave, Milt Larson ran up to me and said, Jim McCulley wants to talk to you at the bar. They want to book you on The Tonight Show. And that's that's how I got booked. And you ended up making numerous appearances on, on, Ch- on Johnny Carson, did you not? No, only the one. Oh. Only the one. Yeah. That was 1983, and that was pretty much towards the end of his run. He, uh, right. he pretty much left around 84. Mm-hmm. And... It was the tape of the Tonight Show that I sent to WGN that got me Bozo. That's what got <laughs> it. That's what did it. Yeah. Yeah, they looked at that and said we want that guy entertaining children. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the guy that puts his hand over fire. Let's let's bring, let's bring exactly. him Right? Yeah.
0: Well, that that leads to a, a great question like because when when they heard when we heard that Bob Bell was retiring, it was a nationwide search. It was huge. Mm-hmm. And and then it came to you, like, like what? how did that feel? What did you think when you realized, oh, God, I, I've taken over this role that is so coveted, not just in the
3: Midwest, but now nationwide? Well, it was very strange because I grew up on the East Coast and uh, there was a bozo show on the East Coast. There were bozo shows from Maine to California. Right. And um, after I did The Tonight Show, I got picked up by a personal manager. Which, in my opinion, was, oh boy, this is the start of my career. Yeah, This woman spent a year turning work down for me because Joey DiOria doesn't do under fives, right? meaning under five lines. Mm-hmm. And then she dropped me and said, you can't get work in this town. <laughs> and I mean, it's like, you've just poisoned my name with every casting director in Hollywood. Right. So I was, I was panicking. She says, you know, they're coming in to hold auditions for bozo next week Uh, i can get you in on that and if you get it no commission and i went well let's just say i was very rude yeah and informed her that i did not want her help and i did not want to be bozo the clown right and she could just take a flying leap (laughs) and um and that was it and i was on my way to another edition and i found myself driving by ktla on sunset boulevard And I saw a line that stretched for three blocks of every mime juggler and Venice Beach street entertainer lined up to audition. And the main reason why I was so adamant in not wanting to audition was because I knew many, many people who were professional circus clowns, ex-circus clowns from Barnum and Bailey. I knew lots of guys who were jugglers and mimes and... Birthday party clowns, and I had none of those skills. <laughs> so, other than say, I'm I'm not going to take the audition because I know I won't get it. I just basically said I don't want the audition. Right. And and that was it. Uh, several weeks later, my wife read an article in the Christian Science Monitor where the producer of the show, uh, Al Hall, was complaining that the only people who've applied for the job have been mimes, jugglers. <laughs> Venice Beach Street Entertainers. Right. And that's not what they wanted. Yeah. Because of the of the relationship between Bob Bell and Roy Brown, Bozo and Cookie. Right. They needed somebody to be Abbott to his Costello. Mhm. And my wife said, "You know, they did everything but put your name in this article." <laughs> and I said, "All right, I'll send them the tonight show tape." Right. And within two weeks, I got a call to fly out and audition.
1: You're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast with your host...
3: Todd. Just
1: Todd. Todd is helpful, and Todd is there for you. Uh, well, it's actually hot toddy.
3: Oh, well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect! Boy, oh
4: boy. Work, 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 work. So many things to do, Miranda. So
5: little time.
4: Indeed. What was the message from the boss you were going to tell me about? Oh, yeah.
5: You remember that cutout of Hot Toddy that's been standing in front of the studio for so many, many, many years? Oh yeah, that big cutout picture looking uh, monstrosity? Exactly, that big cutout that just stands there. Well, it looks terrible. True to life, but terrible. The edges are all chewed up and deteriorating, so we're gonna have to get rid of it. You're gonna
4: have to get rid of Hot Toddy?
5: Yep, that hot toddy has got to go, said the boss.
4: Get rid of me? I gotta tell you, he has lost his luster.
5: Yep, the makeup is off.
4: Well, things don't last forever, Miranda.
5: Not around this place, they don't. Here today,
4: gone next week.
5: Well, I hate to do this, but I guess it's my sad duty to go get rid of him.
4: He is looking pretty tacky, that Hot Toddy.
5: Yeah, he just doesn't draw the people in like he used to. That's
4: what age does
5: to you, pal. Yeah, I better go get on with this sad task.
4: Yep, he's all wrinkled and faded.
5: Goodbye.
4: Just throw Hot Toddy in a garbage can.
5: Wherever I can pitch him. The garbage can. So,
4: you say you're my friend? Oh, hi, Hot Daddy. How could you, with your
2: face hanging out? I, how could you? How?
4: I don't know what you're going on about. But I got work to do. Do you mind? Oh, fine. Happy birthday. I mean, I, I can't Hot even. Hot Daddy, please. I'm, I'm trying to call the grocery store. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, sure. Go ahead. I mean, how can someone hear something like this and not be affected? I tell you. I tell you, I. I. Well, why didn't you throw them in the garbage can?
5: Well, it wouldn't fit, so I came in for a consultation. So what do I do with this now?
4: Well, if it won't fit in the garbage can, I say just throw it out by the curb. Somebody might see it and carry old Hot Toddy away.
5: Yeah, good idea. Get rid of this old thing. Hi, Dan. You're listening to the Smokey Hot
2: Podcast.
0: This is now a thing of legend. When you met Roy Brown, uh, you guys had the exchange of "I broke my arm in three places." Well, just don't go in those places. Those places. And yeah. that's when they knew this is the guy. This is the guy yeah. to do it. Yeah, this was it. And I love that exchange. I love that exchange. <laughs> and that leads to the question: Was Roy Brown as much of a delight of a human being as he seemed on
3: television? He was the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. He was. He was. He was really a very sweet man. And a lot of fun. In fact, he and Marshall Brodeen, who played Wizzo and I, we used to we used to pretty much like several days a week go out on Marshall's boat on Fox Lake and just literally throw joke joint throw jokes at each other. Right. And it was it was just a wonderful working relationship. That's incredible. It, it seemed like it was
0: like a camaraderie. It was like a family together on that oh. show. It never it never seemed we, like a, we we were wonderful. Right. It was never like a battling of, of like reputations or egos. It was always just like
3: one group together doing their thing. Um, I, when I first started with the show, I tended to defer to Roy a lot. Right. And Roy right. took me aside one day and said, I'm the second banana. You're the top banana. Yeah. He says, don't be so respectful. <laughs> you know, you got to, you got to pie him in the face sometimes." Exactly. And, yeah. uh, and that was what, that was, you know, we had to get that relationship going. Mm-hmm. I was a straight man, he was the comic. Now, when Bob Bell did the show, there were four clowns on the show. Right. And they had Frasier Thomas or Ned Locke. Right. And um, and those were guys that took up the slack. But by the time I got there, it was just Frasier Thomas uh, as the uh, sort of host character. The manager. Right. and Yeah, but then uh, Frasier passed away uh, towards the end of my first season. And, um, and so I had to take up more of the announcer and interviewer responsibilities.
0: That is interesting because I, I go back and I look at those old episodes, and, and even though Bozo obviously was the center of the show, you're right. The hosting duties was Ned Locke or Fraser Thomas, and Bozo was just one of the the kooky characters on the show. Even though it, was, yeah. it always kind of reminded me of like Gilligan's Island, even though Gilligan, it was his name was on the show, he was kind of just the goof that ran around the island, and it was really the episodes were about all the other characters, and that's kind of how it seemed like in those early days. Was it, it, Bozo was just one of the kooky clowns? on the show
3: exactly
2: yeah
0: and and then when when Thomas died you 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 really did you became the host of the Bozo show you you kind of had to take on more of a responsibility than even Bob Bell did yeah yeah
3: and uh it was it was wild I mean when Bob Bell started with the show they had a 14-piece orchestra right by the time I got there it was a three-piece combo yeah yeah, exactly I've seen and that. then trumpet go ahead. Horn, and, and drums that was all that was all you had uh episode. yes yeah, yeah trumpet accordion and drums that was yeah, it and so um did. and i my second season with the show they basically said we're cutting the budget you can only have one musician man which which caused us to panic because it needed the drummer for the rim shots and, uh, and, and all of that stuff right and i said yeah. fine you can have a drummer but we also need the accordion player for the music you know I said, how about if we just get rid of the trumpet player? And they went, no, no, we have to get rid of two. And what happened was they held an audition, and uh, Andy Matran came in with the midis and the and the keyboards. And he was able to make that keyboard sound like a 14-piece orchestra. He he did amazing
0: stuff. Professor Andy. And how amazing was he? Because I have some old episodes recorded. And you would think if you didn't see him that there was a huge band behind the scenes playing all that music. Yeah. And it was just all him, all him, all him. I Man. mean, he was amazing, was incredible about his work. And and he's, he and he actually is like a professional musician. Does he doesn't he like teach or things like that. Um, he doesn't
3: teach. No, uh, for instance, he he um he does a lot of uh mood records um uh, recordings this new age kind of stuff. He does a lot of that. But he's also done a lot of music for uh, advertisers. He did a lot of music for commercials that were produced at WGN. Right. So So, uh, And so he's done a lot of commercial related work. Right. But but, I mean, and
0: well deserved, because like I said, I mean, even as a child, you couldn't help but be amazed that this whole thing was just coming out of one section of the room, all him, and he, he managed to carry it. Uh, all that time. Do you do you keep in touch with him? Do you ever talk with him? Oh yes.
3: Oh yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we were we were talking. Actually, on, on a sad note, we were talking because uh, Robert Yurick, who played Rusty the Handyman, passed away recently, and uh, we all kind of got together to touch base. Mm-hmm. Andy, myself, Michelle Gregory, yep. who played Tunya, yep. and um, I know that Kathy Schinkelberg heard about it, but she's been traveling a lot. He's doing a one-woman show all over the country, so oh, wow. he's hard to keep in touch with, right? And of course, she played Pepper on the show for a while, right? And
0: and and that that really was so sad when I saw that because it was kind of a double whammy over those last couple of years. Because Marshall Brodeen passed away in 2019, and then Robin York mm-hmm. last year. It just it was it's so sad. Does it feel kind of surreal as time goes on
3: and and we lose these amazing performers for you? Uh, yes, it really is, especially people who've been close friends, right? Um, uh, Roy, Roy's, uh, Roy's health uh, kind of took a turn, and he, um, I used to say it's not the years, it's the mileage, right? So, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he, he was, he was, it was a, that was a tough loss. I, I, I missed him terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we had a number of people come in and fill in for a while. We had Adrian's med from uh and that always shocked me because he was on TJ Hooker he was an actor on all different TV shows oh yeah yeah he was in town in a production of "Lend Me a tenor mm-hmm. and he was doing that play at night but he wanted something to do during the day right. and he had done some work on I think WGN's Easter Seal telethon and Al Hall said which I like to maybe do the show for a couple of weeks and so he said yes so he he was on the show for uh,
0: like two or three weeks that's amazing yeah and, and now now when i was growing up uh cookie was still on of course it was sporadic mm-hmm. it was you professor andy and spiffy spiffy
3: yes. clown uh, who i adored and he but he wasn't on very long spiffy well, he was on for uh he was on for a season he was right. on for a season Then he went back to la to, to continue working there but um yeah michael imel and i are actually old friends Really? We used, yeah, we used to work together at Universal Studios back oh. in the uh, in the seventies mm-hmm. at Castle Dracula. Oh, yeah it was a uh, it was a uh, an attraction in which there would be several Draculas and there were several Renfields and Michael and I were each Renfields. Wow, who worked with different Draculas. They did like several shows a day.
0: That's incredible, it's- and that actually makes a lot more sense because. That's why I think one of the reasons why I value The Bozo Show so much as growing up is because that you, Roy Brown, and Michael Immel together were such a great trio. Like you guys, again, the chemistry was insane, the three of you. And that makes more sense now that you guys had a history together.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, it was Michael Emmel who phoned me and said, hey, there's an opening at Universal. Come on down. I auditioned and got the part. Wow. And I ran into Michael Emmel. He was touring with a Sesame Street show in which he was playing Barkley the dog. He was in that huge dog costume. Really? And they came on the Bozo show to do a a, a bit from the Sesame Street show on Bozo. Yeah. And I I saw it was Michael, and it was just hysterical. It was, you know, my gosh. And uh, the show was ending in Chicago, and he was getting ready to fly back to L.A. And at that time, we needed somebody to fill in regularly because roy's health was uh was so uh, touch and go for a while right so he auditioned and was hired and so that's that's how that worked
0: wow that's incredible and yeah that's like i said that's the grouping that i remember the most was the three of you Mm -hmm. and it just it really i I'm, i'm sure a lot of people would debate what i'm about to say but i think it was probably the best era because of just the chemistry as you all knew each other so well and Roy was just a minch. And so that you guys working together was just so
5: great. Hey, I'm Emily Marsh from mystery science theater 3000. And you're listening to hot toddy on the smoking hot Todd cast.
1: The Smokin' Hot Podcast presents the Ollie Report, a segment dedicated to extremely professional and hard-hitting journalism. Reports on headlines straight off the news ticker through the eyes of Ollie. And now, the Ollie Report.
0: Hello and welcome to the Ollie Report. I'm Hot Toddy. Since we last left you, there's been a lot of crazy things that have happened in the United States, most notably here in the state of Tennessee. And uh, we wanted to get Ollie on the scene of all of this. So we're we're just going to go down the line of some of the crazy stuff that's been going on. And so Ollie, Ollie doesn't, he he didn't even tell me what he's going to start with this week on this week's Ollie Report. So I just let him loose, do whatever he's going to do. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Here now is the one and only ollie ollie how are you sir i'm doing fantastic hot toddy mainly because even though the world is basically coming to an end i decided not to cover it i'm sorry that's right the world sucks hot
2: toddy even our own state that we live in sucks
0: baskets you know you're right about that ollie i remember a little over four years ago when you were running for governor and we all thought it was silly and we kind of did it as a joke
2: yes i remember that I won now,
0: didn't you? EPSA frickin' lootly. But that's a whole different story, Ollie. Mm-hmm. Um but you just told me that you're you're not covering any stories this week, is is that correct? That's right, huh, totty. May I ask why, you piece of shit? Or hot Toddy. We're doing something super special
2: this week. As you all know, of course, Joey Diaria is our special guest on this
0: week's episode. Yes, I'm well aware because I interviewed him. Right. And the Smokin' Hot Podcast and the Bozo Show
2: have something very similar in common. You, of course, modeled the Smokin' Hot Podcast after Saturday Night Live, and so that's why the Ollie Report always happens in the middle of the show, right?
0: Right. Well, something very special happened in the
2: middle of the Bozo Show every day as well. Do you know what
0: that is? Oh, wait. Don't tell me.
2: That's right, Hot Toddy. We're gonna put the news aside this week to play one of the most infamous games in television history. But due to copyright laws, we've changed the name a little bit. So now it is time to play Ollie's Second Life Fun!
0: Second prize fun? Well,
2: yeah, we couldn't call it by the other name or David Arquette would be down our throats. Hashtag nuts!
0: No, I guess you're right about that, but um, I'm, I'm sorry, this is a new segment. Why are we playing the second prize fun?
2: Really? You didn't understand what I explained a
0: second ago? Yeah, you're right. Never mind.
2: No worries, Hot Toddy, but now it's time to find our girl and boy players, so let's go to the Ollie Pewter and find them right now! And find our boy!
1: Two, four, seven! Where? Ah, the French champagne. Come on down!
2: Well, we found our girl player and we found our boy player. And now here's our girl player. Hello! Hi? What's your name?
4: Miss Pangrino. Uh, Miss Greeno, what are you doing there? Hey, it's free stuff. Deal with it. Oh, for God's sakes!
2: How old are you? Oh, my balls!
4: Yeah, hand me one. I'm ready to play the game.
2: Uh, sure.
4: I was just playing, by the way. I'm 78. Hi, right, Dan. Well,
2: here's the first ball. Drop it in the bucket. One. <laughs> she did it. And you've won a high sense television.
0: Oh
4: wow, that's awesome. Wait. That's our TV! Out of the living room! You're just jealous you didn't get picked to play. I hate it here.
2: All right, now it's time for bucket two. Good luck. (coughs) She did it! And now you've won a Palunas Space Heater.
0: That's my space heater!
2: Oh, it's almost spring.
0: You'll be fine. I will destroy you. Oh.
2: All right, bucket three. Here we go. Oh, that was so... You did a great job, and you won some fantastic
4: prizes. Uh-huh. Bite me. getting okay, great. And now it's time to meet our boy player. Hi!
2: Hello. What's your name? Morrison Wells.
0: Mr. Wells? Seriously? Shut up! Oh, my good
1: God.
2: All right, Mr. Wells. Are you ready to play? Yes. All right, take a ping pong ball and throw it into bucket one. Wait, Mr. Wells, just one. Just... <laughs> Not even sure what to do here.
0: No, huh? Didn't think this through, did you?
2: No. Uh, in fact, we we put in some uh, twenty-five thousand dollars in bucket six. You
6: put twenty-five thousand dollars in the bucket six?
2: Yeah.
6: Only that's our entire budget.
2: Why not, Hot uh, I'm sure Mr. Wells won't hold it to us.
1: Uh, look, I I'm not used to having more than one person in there. One more word out of you, and you go. Is that clear? I take well, I take directions from one person under protest, but from two I don't sit still. But who the hell are you, anyway? Or
2: maybe he will. Uh, all right. Well, in addition to our entire budget for the Smoking Hot Podcast, uh, you've also won uh, uh, this. It's the official SuperFuzz game room
0: plaque. Ollie, that's from the played-out set. We need that.
2: Shut up! I'm doing what I can. You've also won uh, this Tom Servo replica from Mystery Science Theater 3000.
0: Ollie, what the hell? That's my Tom Servo. Uh huh.
2: And you've also won. Uh... Oh, you've also won James the Cat's
0: Food Bowl. Uh, Ollie, I wouldn't do that. Why? <coughs> okay. <laughs> I always do enjoy happy endings. That's gonna do it for the Ollie Report this week. Tune in next time for another headline ripped from the Ollie News ticker. Until then have a good day and an ollieful week. Hot
2: toddy. Hot toddy. Hot Toddy.
1: You're tuned into the Smoking Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, who's always looking real good. Hey,
3: does this suit make me look fat? No, no, no. Your face does. Well, we were able to do comedy. Mm-hmm. As the show progressed, they started throwing in political correctness, and they started mm-hmm. throwing in uh, how the fact that we had to be educational and informational and not just fun. Right. And uh, so that made it, it that made it difficult, and um, I think we lost a lot of viewers during those years. Well, let, let's get to that. Let's actually get to the the big elephant
0: in the room here, because for the first ten years you did it Monday through Friday in the mm-hmm. morning, uh, as always, and then the big announcement came in '94. And I and I look at nineteen ninety four as just the huge, the biggest whammy for the show altogether because that's when Roy officially reti- retired, Marshall uh, Brodeen officially retired, and then they did the unthinkable. They took you guys off of weekdays and moved you to Sunday mornings and had the Super Sunday Show. Was the writing on the wall at that point? Even though the la- the show lasted another
3: seven years, was the writing on the wall at that point that the show was? It going- was. It was getting there. Yeah. But because we had several big um, charity events that we did, mm-hmm. such as the Ozo Ball, which was a right. uh, black tie event, black tie, red nose optional. Right. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, as long as we were, we were a great publicity device for WGN, I felt safe. But then uh, John Vitanovic became the general manager and he had never liked the show. Wow. And, and what happens in corporate America is that they'll bring in one guy to axe everything, and he's the villain. And then for being the bad guy, they promote him. And then they bring in the new guy who will be the healer who will then kind of usher in a new age of austerity, you know, uh, less austerity and more good stuff. Ah, broadcasting. It's such a wonderful thing. Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but that was it. But then I knew that, um, I knew that that was starting to be a problem. I think uh, uh, they brought me back for, I think, one of the uh, last Bozo balls they did in um, in 2001, or 2002. So, yeah. But that so that was, was it. Do you continue
0: to play Bozo a little while even after the show and off the air? Just for this one big
3: charity event. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a WGN employee who wears the suit and does all of the parades. Right, I've okay. seen I've seen
0: pictures of him with Sven Gulli and and interacting with yeah. people in Chicago as that still goes on. Yeah, um, but when when 2001 rolled rolled around and the announcement was made that the Bozo Show was going away, were you surprised at that point? No,
3: not really. No, no, that no. Be- I, I, I like I said, the minute this fellow became the general manager, I knew the handwriting uh, the writing was on the walls so. right it was going down fast um
0: so and yeah i mean, the bozo show ended which i i think it's a huge loss because i think i think it's a character that that needs to be remembered and uh and there's and i just at times i just feel like we we tend to forget
3: well you see the thing is it's a different age mm-hmm. totally different age uh GN was on the super satellite but satellite stations have not, you know, our uh, I should say cable stations have not permeated the airwaves yet. Mm-hmm. WGN was a local show and Bozo was a local show, but it was the last of the local in-house produced kid shows. Right. Stations like WGN, which had a tremendous reputation for producing musical shows, uh, sports shows, GN doesn't have the Cubs anymore. The Cubs have their own network, you know. Yeah. I mean, when, when I started, GN had uh, Cubs baseball, and then they had White Sox, and then the Bulls. Uh, the local CBS affiliate, I think, had the Bears, but you know, but that was it. That was that was GN's identity: sports and bozo, mm-hmm. and the, and that was that was the big thing but i mean it's pretty much a jukebox now they they have their morning news their afternoon news and their evening news and everything else is stuff that is just punched in and And,
0: that's that's upsetting because they had so much potential of so many great things and then they just kind of eh,
3: they just kind of fell by the wayside well i mean they built that huge facility on bradley place right uh it's it had three big studios There has been talk for years that they're going to just sell that property, you know, and take down the TV station because the amount of stuff that they do, they could literally go back into the Tribune Tower in downtown L.A. and uh, and produce that kind of stuff from there. And then and then
0: exactly. So it's it's like, why even why even continue? Just shut it down and, and start
3: fresh. I mean, I hear rumors about that every year. I don't know if they're going to get rid of it or what, but, you know, yeah. there have always been rumors. Right. Well,
0: that leads to the ultimate question. Of course, David Arquette, uh, for those of you who don't know, recently bought the rights to Bozo from the Larry Harmon estate, and uh, he plans on bringing, trying to bring Bozo back. And we, we just discussed it a little bit, but I want to get the ultimate answer here, because in the last 20-plus years since the end of Bozo, clowns? Don't have the best reputation Uh, when it comes to it, whether it be horror movies or the real life horror that people experienced back in 2016. Clowns don't have the best reputation. The question is, would Bozo work in the 2020s in today's society? Do you think if David Arquette
3: brings it back, would it work? I don't know. It depends on what David Arquette does with it. You Mm -hmm. know, I haven't really seen much of what he's been doing. Uh, I've seen a few clips that he's done with a couple of other clowns that he's working with. One girl called Jozo, and then he's got another guy called Nunu that he works with. And um, I know they've attended a number of clown conventions. I know they've been to one in, uh, I think, North Carolina recently. Um, But it depends on on, on where you go. I mean, you have to look at the history of clowning, per se. Right. You know, I mean, you go all the way back to, you know, the the Roman comedies of Plautus and, uh, you know, it was always the the clever slave uh, fooling his dimwitted master kind of things, things that people could laugh at. Um, Then with the um, the advent of Commedia dell'arte, all of the exaggerated characters, these were clowns Uh, in Shakespeare some of the more foolish characters would be referred to as clowns because they would they would be simple characters. Mm-hmm. Um, circuses did the same thing, but, you know, with the broad makeup, the makeup was mostly exaggerated so that people could see it from, from the back of the seats. Right. And um, uh, Lon Chaney Sr., the father of Lon Chaney, Man of a who fights? was a makeup artist, yeah. yeah, well, he, he, he once said, there's nothing frightening about a clown, but a clown in a cemetery at midnight is terrifying. Very true. You know? That's you and, 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 yeah. and there you go. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that's the context in which you do it. I mean, you have a clown, in, and a clown in a circus is delightful. A clown mm-hmm. at a party is fun. Right. But, you know, having him standing on the outside of a wood staring at your house brandishing a, a, a letter opener, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's not the same. Doesn't get, that give yeah. off a different vibe? Yeah.
1: You're listening to Hot Time on the Smoking Hot Podcast.
7: Did I tell you guys about the cockroach I killed here on campus that screamed? A
1: cockroach uh, no. screamed?
7: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so, for those of you who are not aware, I work in the dungeon, which is literally the basement. And if you work there at night, sometimes you meet the not friendly cockroach friends. I can imagine. Yeah. It's gross. But if you come over during like the break, so like spring break or Christmas break, Mm -hmm. there's a phenomenon that happens where the big roaches come out, the king roaches. And they come out because, like, literally, like it's been quiet and they haven't had the stampedes for a while of mm-hmm. students and the mm-hmm. regular coming of going. And so, if you're there on those nights, the king roaches come out. Well, I'm at the super king roach, and so. I was leaving my office to go to the bathroom across the hall, Yeah. and it's dark. You know how we have like those automatic lights around campus, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I step out in the hallway, the automatic light flips on, and there's just like this huge black spot in the middle of the floor.
0: Now, now, don't exaggerate. How the, there's <laughs> like, something here? Tell me how big it, it is. As big as the mouse?
7: Yeah, like like it was like at least the inside of the. Like, is it the
1: keyboard or the mouse?
0: The mouse. The, the inside of the mouse. So the inside, inside of the, of mouse. the like, was, computer was, mouse. Yes. yes.
7: Like, it would be like an army. Do You know how army ants get like this that size. They get that.
0: So, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like
7: it's, it was. It was huge. Dang. And it's looking at me, and I'm looking <laughs> oh, was, at it.
1: It <laughs> well, looks at me, was,
7: and I look at him. Yeah. And like that
1: was Thanos. She met in the hall. Yeah. Yes.
7: And so I'm like, oh crap, I've got to kill this thing because it would. <laughs> No, and so I go back and I get my roach killing spray that I have in my office because again I work late and yeah. I I see friends.
1: Yeah, you work late and you it's it's your version of like pepper spray. That's yeah. Yeah,
7: exactly. Like I don't want to get mugged by one of the roaches. <laughs> and so like like this ki- this guy's like bold because he doesn't right. even move. I come back out and you like you know you hear that that. Like the, the Western music. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, hey, okay, here we go. And so I just like full blast spray it. <laughs> <laughs> just like. With your six shooter? Yeah. I'm like, shh. <laughs> like, yeah. I got the first shot off. Yeah. And like, it just kind of like rolls over, but it's not dying. It's just like bathing in it. Ooh. It's like, ooh, I like this. It's like, <laughs> <spa. laughs> And I'm like, die! And like, I'm watching it, and it's just like, watch you step on it. Oh, step on it! Okay, that's what. So that was my next plan. I was like, this is not gonna kill. Plan
0: B now. And so,
7: but like, this big, I was like, I cannot step on that. It's gonna ruin my shoe. Oh come on! Throw
1: a heavy book on it. No.
7: So I went into my office and I got a paper towel. That ain't paper
0: towel ain't gonna take that thing.
7: No, like I was gonna step on it, but I didn't want (coughs) my. Shoe to hit the actual.
0: Oh, so you're putting a buffer between you and. Yeah. The, okay.
7: And so, like, I float the paper down, towel down, Joe. To because it, again, it's just chilling. Like, it's not dying. Sure. And I'm like, this is not a normal. Like, it's the no, super roach. No. Like, it's the one that sends the little roaches out to go get its food normally. Sure. And then I step on it, and I hear. Eh! Ooh. I swear it screamed. <laughs> like it echoed. It was the scare in like, just whole bunch of roach wings it was so much like it took me a bit and like i obviously like uh, cleaning it up was like a castle right and i was like <laughs> that thing screamed like i heard it oh and it was like oh no
0: that's the worst thing ever it serves that
7: it's like a very high <laughs>
2: I'm all-
7: it was like it was kind of sad too like, <laughs> it was like
2: <laughs> and I was just
7: like, uh, I was like, either I'm going crazy.
0: I Well, it, that might be a part of it. You it might, might
7: be, it, but no, I heard it. I heard the scream. N- yeah. I heard his death well. <laughs> the death well. You've, you've heard of
0: rabbits and their death scream when they die. It's like, ah! And so uh, cockroaches probably have something very similar.
7: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was like, you know, it, it's death cry. Like, avenge me, children. <laughs> Because it was, it was like definitely like had to have been around for a hot hot minute.
1: Yeah, that was its its last uh, command to round up a posse to come after Sheila. That was exactly. Cl- yeah.
7: But like I got my six shooter for them. <laughs> like that it. will kill them. Yeah. Like I've yeah. killed many roaches with that. Sure. This one was just like ooh. I love it. This is good.
0: Do some more. Give on my butt. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah,
7: and I was like no, and it screamed.
0: Okay. So, that's, yep. a, that's a creepy story I'm not gonna lie
7: yeah like and now every time I go like to the bathroom I'm like I was like look on the floor I'm <laughs> waiting I'm waiting for one to come I haven't seen one since I've killed it though there could be a sock waiting for you out in the hallway uh, the matching one <laughs>
1: we'll find it hey this is Michael Carbonaro and you're listening to Hot Toddy on the Smoking Hot podcast
3: it's it's not it's not so much that clowns are creepy it's just that the context that people put them in I mean I've had two year old children run up and hug me. And I've had five year olds run shrieking in terror. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, there are, it depends on the sensitivity of the child. Um, Some people find clowns scary. Some kids find Santa Claus scary. Right. Uh, Easter Bunny scary. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something different. It's not a person, you know. So, so yes, it becomes frightening, and if a child is smart, he's wary, <laughs> right? <laughs> he knows. He knows yeah. what's going on. Exactly.
0: Well, there you have it. I mean, Bozo is a legend, and of course, you're a legend for playing him, uh, without a doubt. Did you ever get to meet Larry Harmon?
3: Did you Did you get to? Talk I met about- Larry Harmon a number of times when I first got hired. Uh, I went to Larry's office in uh, in Hollywood, and he measured me for my first wig. Really yeah uh he 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 produced the wigs and uh it's very interesting when bob bell started the show in the 60s the show was in black and white people right. you know color tv wasn't being done yet and um they didn't know what color the suit was all of the pictures that larry Harmon sent them were black and white photographs <laughs> so they said to bob bell what color do you want the suit to be and he said red yeah so yeah, Bob Bell's first suit. If you look at some photographs from the really early days, Bob Bell's suit was red. Mm-hmm. And when Larry Harmon came to town to renegotiate the contract, he went, "Wait a minute, what's the what's the deal with this red costume?" Yeah. And so they had to change it.
0: Yeah, and, uh, uh, and rightfully so. Blue works better for Bozo than red does. I will. Oh, assume, yeah. 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 <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, that's that's an amazing thing. And uh, what's,
3: what's next? What are you up to? What are you doing these days? Well, I mostly do voiceover work. I did a lot of voiceover work in L.A., but uh, recently my wife and I moved to Idaho to be closer to our son and our grandchildren. But I have a, I have a little recording booth here in my office, and uh, I knock out auditions and jobs for uh, animation. Uh, the most recent thing I did was for a show called The Loud House on mm-hmm. Nickelodeon. I've heard of that. Where yeah. I played a a, a ghost, who's a, a practical joke playing ghost called Buzz. So, um, so that was it. Um, yeah. it. just, you know, I keep busy with that. I'm going to be doing the Gem State Comic Con uh, here in in Boise, mostly because of my work with uh, anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a show called. Um, Yokai Watch. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was the voice of Whisper, the uh, the yokai butler. Oh wow! And um, I, I was, I did some video games in uh, Ratchet and Clank: A Crack in Time. I was Alistair Azmuth. Whoa. And so I've, 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 I've done a few cartoons. So I'm going to be up there signing autographs. Uh, I just, I just need to get uh, Fanboy Expo interested in me. Yes, fanboy yes. if you're listening yeah. and if you're watching this get 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 this man to Knoxville soon and yes and exactly I know there's and, uh, on here well actually what? um the the neat thing about um David Arquette because I've spoken with him several times mm-hmm. right now he's still promoting his movie you can't kill David Arquette yes which covers his career as a wrestler mm-hmm well, now he's going to start doing, He he's now planning to start a documentary on the history of Bozo, Nice. and nice. Uh, so he and I keep in touch uh, every now and then. I know he wants to come out here and interview me, but he has given me permission to go to events and do autograph signings, That's which awesome. Larry Harmon never did, and uh, which I am very grateful for. So, Absolutely. Uh, Is I'm hoping best to best maybe best? get that.
0: Is it bad that I kind of always kind of got that vibe about Larry Harmon that he was extremely strict about Bozo and, and there was only certain things you could do with Bozo? Larry Larry Harmon
3: Larry Harmon Larry Harmon's ownership of the character went beyond just owning a property; it was his personality. Right. When when uh, my 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 second season uh, on the Bozo show. I was getting ready to start the, the second season. And I get a call that the general manager wanted to talk to me. So he, I went up to his office, sat me down. He said, how's it going? I said, great. He said, enjoying the show? I said, very much. He said, i got something for you. And he pulled five letters out of his desk, threw them across the desk towards me. Said, Open one. Anyone. Read it. I thought, Read it. Dear WGN. We hate the new bozo. Oh, God. This guy is horrible. Fire him. Bring back Bob Bell. Oh, no. And I went, uh-huh. And he went, the other four are just as bad. <laughs> and I went, I went, uh-huh. He says, uh-huh. this is terrific. And I went, oh? He said, yeah. We figured we'd get at least two or three hundred letters saying that they didn't like you. He says, we only got five." Oh, if man. we got if we got 100 we figured we're, we're we're good. If we got over 500 we'd be a little nervous and if we got a 1000 you'd be gone. If <laughs> <laughs> We got a
0: 1000 you'd be gone.
3: <laughs> yeah. I love that. But this
0: is good news for you. Well, I mean, and it makes total sense because, like I said, you're the bozo that I grew up with. I I know Bob Bell from you know watching stuff online, but uh, the millennials we know we know Bozo. If we watched Bozo on WGN. It was Joey Diaria, and and your oh. your comedic talent and skills, and your chemistry with Roy Brown and Andy Matran and everyone was just so on point to the point that it's it's legendary and so that's why i'm certainly glad that if david arquette is doing anything he's consulting you because you are bozo in the eyes of so many people
3: well i'm i'm looking forward to talking to him and finding out more of what his plans are right Uh, i know he's he's attended like things like red nose day and uh world kindness day um He's also uh, done some events at the, um, at, uh, oh, what's the name of that marionette? Uh, the Bill Bard Marionette Theater in, in Los Angeles. I've heard of that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing stuff, but, right. you know, again, I'm not quite sure just what exactly he's doing. Someone told me that he has produced some uh, Bozo-related music, so I'll be very curious to find out about that.
0: Interesting, interesting. Well, we, we're, we do look forward to it, and I, Joey, I can't thank you enough for being on the show with us. You are a legend and, and I'm, I'm starstruck. I can't believe I'm talking to one of my childhood idols. I love you so well, much. And thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll do it again. Absolutely. <laughs> We've been talking to the great Joey Diaria on the smoking hot podcast. Smoking hot Podcast. Hey, D.A.
2: what's with the helmet? you going to play football.
6: In this town? No, actually, this this is my latest gizmo to flummox our beloved host. Yes, indeed. Would you like to help me put one over an old hot toddy? You mean
2: play a joke? You got it. Oh, boy. I, I like playing jokes on hot toddy.
6: Indeed. How would you like to convince him that you can read my mind?
2: I can read your mind. Yeah. Oh, blank verse, huh? Just a little joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
6: Well, you and I both know, Ollie, that this whole mind-reading thing is a bunch of hooey. Bunch of hooey. Bunch of hooey.
2: Yeah? How do we do it?
6: Well, I don this fake helmet, right? The Super Duper Thought Transfer, I'm gonna call it. I put it on, and I will have Hot Toddy write a number on this pad. And through a special code, I will let you know what number it is, you'll say it, and he'll think you're reading my mind. He'll, for instance, write the number one. And I'll say, what number is this, Ollie? And I'll tap you once. And you'll know it's one. That's good. Good, huh? That's really good. That'll fool him. Yeah, I spent just minutes thinking this up. Yada-da-dee. Oh, here it comes. I'm tuning it in.
2: I am concentrating. You are sending me a mental message asking if I am ready for the big act. I am. Very good! Amazing!
0: Wait, 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 wait wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't tell me. Let me guess. You're auditioning for Star Trek Discovery Season 5. Make it so. Oh, very good. Thank you, thank you. But no,
6: Hot Toddy, I have developed this unique device for the transference
0: of thought. (laughs) What do you mean the transference of thought?
6: I can have Ollie pick up my thoughts simply by concentrating very hard and having my concentration magnified and projected by this device into Ollie's mind, such as it is, we will transfer whatever number you write on this pad.
0: Oh, that's a lot of bunk. That's a lot of hooey. Who? Horseradish. I'm
2: receiving another thought. Hot doesn't believe we can do it. Is that right?
0: See? Oh. All right, come on, show me. Okay, take this marker, write a number on this pad. Oh, no, 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 he might be able to see it. Worry not,
2: friend, I will blindfold
0: myself. All right, now, Ollie, can you see? No, I cannot
6: see you. Good, okay, so any number? Any number, write it on this pad, and Doc Summit will reveal it to the people at home so they know
1: too. There. Hot Toddy has written the number three.
6: All right, Ollie. What number is written on this pad?
2: I am concentrating. Things are getting clearer. He has written the number three. Thank you. Thank you.
6: Thank you. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to
0: try another one here. Now, All right.
1: Hot Toddy has written the number one. All right, Ollie. I am concentrating very hard. My thoughts are being
6: projected. What number has Hot Toddy written? Ah, uh, uh, Wait a minute. It's getting clear. Is he tapping? The oh, that's in. how they're doing it. He
2: has written the number one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Yes! I am a mental giant!
0: Yep, I knew we could do it! All right.
1: Okay, let's... Oh, boy. (laughs) Good luck! Hot Toddy has written the number nine. I am concentrating!
6: Are you sending? Uh, I am getting ready to send, and, uh... And here it is!
2: Three, four, five, six, seven, eight! Nine!
6: Nine! Yes! Oh, D.A., what an incredible
0: invention! I know, right?
2: <laughs> we got him good.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, say, D.A., um, before I go tell the boss, uh, would you do just one more number? No problem! No problem indeed! The
2: great El Olo can read your mind!
6: Yes! Okay, let's see what he has written. What number he
1: has written. <laughs> Hot Toddy has written the number zero.
2: Are you sending old D.A. No uh, The picture is fuzzy.
6: I am thinking.
2: It's not clear. Uh, yeah, it,
6: it should be no problem bearing nothing to it. I uh, just. Just pick up my thoughts.
2: I'm trying, but you're not coming through. Uh, uh, uh. Ow, oh, 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 oh. There you have it. Oh. There. Uh, he, uh, he got it. (laughs) Nice try. Goodbye. Well, uh, looks like we didn't
6: fool him. Sadly, no. Full of country goodness and green penis. You thinking what I'm thinking?
2: Oh, yeah.
6: Oh, say, Mr. Wales, um, would you like to see something amazing? Yes. Oh, yes. They're even
3: better when you're dead. Mm. Hi there. I'm Joey Dioria, and you're listening to Hot Dotty on the Smokin' Hot Podcast.
0: I can't even begin to explain just what an incredible human being Joey Diaria is. He is such a great guy, and I can't thank him enough for being on the show this week. He is truly, a truly a huge talent. And you can follow him on Facebook and Twitter at Joey Diaria. And if you're looking for business inquiries with him, you can find him on LinkedIn. And as of this recording, I have sent two emails to fanboy fanboy if you're listening you really should bring joey diaria to either both knoxville and orlando or one of the other because this man is a huge huge talent and i know people would love to hear from him see him get pictures with him sign the whole nine yards do the whole thing so fanboy i want to keep i'm going to keep bugging you on this i want joey diaria in either knoxville or orlando or both because he deserves it i think tenfold so fanboy Bring Joey Diaria to Knoxville and Orlando do it now, okay? Just do that. But anyway, thank you again to Joey Diaria for being on the show this week. You are absolutely a huge talent. And with that in mind, that's going to do it for us this week. We'll be back with another new episode next week. Until then, you can follow me on all social media at Smokin' Hot Toddy on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Toddy hot on Instagram. You can also find every single new episode of the Smokin' Hot Toddcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Quad Pod, and wherever better podcasts can be found. You can also subscribe to the parent company of the Smoking Hot Podcast Superfuzz Productions on YouTube. That's where all of our sister shows are Get Real, Played Out, Stump, Potati, and Just the Dumbest. And you can also follow Superfuzz on Twitter at Superfuzz Videos. You can also follow some of the gang of the Smoking Hot Podcast on social media. We'll begin with Twitter Miss Pingrino at Pingrino, Sheila at Sheila Hawk, Doc Summit at Kev Summit, and Miranda at The Miranda Joe. On Instagram Miss Pingrino at Janelle Marino, Sheila at Sheila Hawkins, Doc Summit at Kev Summit, and Miranda at Miranda Panda Joe. On TikTok, Miss Pengrino at Baby J0831, Doc Summit at Kev Summit, and Miranda at Miranda Panda Joe. That's gonna do it for us this week. Until next week, this is Hot Toddy saying goodbye for now. But now it's time for the Grand March. So follow me. (whistles) Bye-bye.